remain standing, please. Take your Bibles tonight and turn with me to the book of Titus, the book of Titus in chapter number one, Titus chapter number one, Titus chapter number one, we'll begin reading verse number nine, we'll read down through verse number 13, I'll read verse nine, you join me on verse 10 and so on through verse number 13. The Bible says, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them, notice this, sharply, that they may be sound in the faith. The title of my message is one word, sound. And I think we've seen it here in the word of God. Let's ask God to help us now. Father, thank you for the time that we have this evening. Lord, as I even hear the rain upon the roof. I'm so thankful there's a roof over our head. Lord, you provided a place for us again tonight that we could come in out of the elements and be here. The rains may be down, but uh, Lord, uh, I just thank you tonight that uh, we need more than the rains. We need Holy Spirit to come down upon us tonight and speak to us and help us understand the very important time of this message. Now help us now to focus our attention not on the weather, but upon the word of God this evening. Help me as I preach, and if there would be somebody here not saved, oh God, I pray that they would not walk out of here. I pray they couldn't even walk out of here until they get it settled. So Father, bless and help us now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Sound, I I like hearing certain sounds. I, I remember... Some years ago, my aunt and uncle, Terry and Ann, they came out to visit with us. Their daughter lived in the Pittsburgh area, and uh, so they took a, a day and came out to see us. And uh, uh, Terry and Ann are from uh, uh, northwest Indiana, up where I was from there, and uh, uh, they they came to see see us, and, and uh, we gave them a little tour of the house and that, you know, and we went out on the back porch, and we stood on the back porch, and it was one of those days where it was really super quiet, except for the birds. And I, I'll never forget this. Ann looked at Terry and said, listen, you could hear birds. I'm like, what? Isn't that something everybody hears? But you see, where they live, you don't hear the birds really singing. You hear the neighbors over there yakking. You hear the trains going through town. You hear the sirens. You hear the automobiles going down and the trucks going down the road and you don't really hear all of that and I and I began to think and 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 many times when I sit on the porch and I like to just sit out there and listen to the sounds I like hearing the birds as they're chirping and the blue jays as they carry on big mouth blue jays amen and uh, I like listening to those those sounds I was in West I was in Virginia and West Virginia last Tuesday and uh, but down in Virginia was the funeral we were at and uh, uh, two of my granddaughters were singing, Julia and uh, uh, um, Daisy, 
uh, were singing. Now, don't be mad at me not remember their names. I got 15 of them. And, uh, but uh, I thought I was pretty good on getting it that fast. And, uh, but I, I was listening. They were singing. And I, uh, my wife, I remember her saying that she was going to video it with her phone and she's sitting right next to me and and the thing was I was listening to them so intently and so you know our grandfather is and grandmothers you know you're kind of proud of your grandkids and I'm I'm watching them I'm listening to them and my wife had the phone right there right next to my head videoing them and on the way home I said hun did you ever video that she said it was right next to your head but I was too busy watching them and hearing them you know it brought me great joy to hear their voices and they sang so sweetly, and it just, just was a blessing to me. And I, I thought, you know, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy the birds singing. I enjoy the, the music. I enjoy, I think, Seth, we were, you said about good singing tonight. And it was. And what a joy it is to hear the sound of music. Uh, not, not, uh, not, 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 not the uh, Mary Poppins woman thing, all right? I, I'm not talking about that. I know you worldly folks. That's right where you're going, I know what he's talking about. But uh, I'm talking about the real sound of music, amen. And uh, how, how, what a blessing it is. I enjoy hearing the, the talking of God's people in church. I just enjoy gossip. And, I mean, I enjoy hearing everybody talking and, and uh, conversing with each other. What, what a wonderful thing is to be able to hear those sounds. And, and, uh, and, and sounds are very important to us. And, and I was thinking, you know, uh, uh, there are some sounds that we don't like to hear. Uh, I don't like, you know, hearing certain things. I don't like hearing railroad tra- trains going down. The, I mean, it's neat. Trains are neat. But I grew up in an area where it was trains all the time. How many times? You can never go to church, could you, without sitting for a freight train to go by. I didn't like the sound of the horns honking as they went by. And then the click and the clack of all the, the, the hundreds of cars that would go by. I mean, the first couple was kind of neat. But after, And as a kid. But then even as a kid, you got tired of it. I got tired of hearing the sirens. I got tired of hearing the neighbors. And, you know, some sounds you just kind of, what you got to do is kind of tune them out. You know, sometimes kids are that way. They know how to tune sounds out, don't they? One of the, one of the sounds that kids and teenagers do. They tune out the sounds of mom and dad. Right? I didn't hear you. And they go through that time in their life where they, they can tune out some sounds. But it's interesting that it oftentimes reoccurs in the male species. Yeah. Come on, huh? It happens to the male species when all of a sudden we can tune out certain things. Now, of course, in my case, I don't do it on purpose. It's, it just happens. But sometimes we just can tune out things we don't want to hear and, uh, uh, you know, and pretend we can't hear it. I had some uncles who were hard of hearing. Sometimes I wonder if they really were or if they were just using that for their wives. But seriously, it's important to hear, hear the sounds. But the word sound is not only the sounds that we hear, and I think there's a lot of wonderful things we need to listen to the Word of God and hear that, but what we hear needs to be something that is sound. And the Bible talks about it here, about, about listening to some sounds. In fact, I look into the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter number 2, in verse number 29, the Bible says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, Spirit saith unto the churches. It's a great need for us to hear the Holy Spirit. Now, I understand this. The Holy Spirit does not audibly speak to us. If you think the Holy Spirit speaks to you audibly and God speaks to you audibly, you've got, you've got, you get, you're nuts. That's not the way God does. God speaks to our hearts. The Holy Spirit lives within us and he speaks to us about things. 
And we need to listen to that. Oh, the Bible talks about that still small voice. And let the, it said, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. I began to think there's some spiritual sounds that we need to hear. In our scripture, we find about some sounds here, but it's not necessarily in, in the, the sound of, I guess I could say the, the sounds of sound, but something that is sound in what we find here in the Word of God, doctrine. Something that is established. Something that cannot be moved. Something that does not change. Understand something this evening. Bible doctrine does not change. Bible doctrine does not change. And we read in the Word of God, the Apostle Paul gives us some sounds in the verses we just read here. And, 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 the, and the sound that we'll talk about here tonight is not necessarily something that we hear, but something that when we say it's sound, it is true and uncorrupted. I'm glad tonight that I know what the truth is. Thy word is truth. And I know this, that it is not corrupted. I've got a Bible that is not corrupted. I'm glad you say, well, you know, but it took men to pin those words down. Men pinned them down. I understand that. But I understand this too. I have a God that can take a... Listen, if God could speak and the world come to existence, God could take a man's hand and make it right down the right thing. Sound. Something that's not corrupted. But again, think of a few things and just want to just give you a couple things here tonight about it. One of them is this sound doctrine. That's what we find in verse number 9. Holding fast the faithful word as hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. There's something important here that I think a lot of times people just forget about, and that is this. The importance of us to have sound doctrine. A lot of times people today say this. I know they say it. I've had, I had a man tell me this right to my face. He said, you know, the problem with doctrine is that doctrine divides, so we need to forget about doctrine and just preach Jesus. You've heard me use that illustration many a times. And it's not just an illustration that just kind of fits in there, but it's something that is really happening today. We have a problem in Christianity today that is, that is diluting it and getting away from the doctrines and getting away from sound doctrine and where people are saying, but doctrines divide people. And they say, well, just focus on Jesus, but they forget that about, uh, and they say, forget about the, the, the focusing on doctrine. But the truth of the matter is, if you really think about it, Jesus is central to all teaching. What you believe about Jesus Christ is essential to all the doctrines of the Bible. What is taught about him and concerning him determines whether something is true or something is false. We do not go, we do not go by tradition. I don't care if it's Baptist or anything else. You pick out a denomination, put in the blank here. But the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter what tradition is. What matters is what doctrine is. You say, well, you know, I grew up in the Methodist church and we Methodists always, it don't matter. I grew up in the Episcopalian church. It really doesn't matter. What matters is Bible doctrine, not church tradition. That's an important thing, a very important thing. And, 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 and so we, 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 we got to look to something that is true and we need to know whether doctrine that is being taught is false or true. Now, it's true, I have to say this, it is so true, 
that doctrine does divide people. It will. It'll divide in your, it'll divide your family sometimes. You say, well, then that's a terrible thing. No, 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 no. Uh, we need to still believe true Bible doctrine. You say, but it'll divide friendships. Well, it just may, because Bible doctrine does divide. I'll show you here something. Look at with me at 2 Timothy chapter number 4, all right? You're right there. 2 Timothy chapter number 4, look at verse number 3. Might have to turn one page. Look at the Bible says that would come someday, and I believe we're living in that day even now. The Bible says in verse number 3 and 4, For the time will come when they will not endure what? Isn't that something? There's going to come a time, he said, people will not endure sound doctrine. Something that is not corrupted, something that is true, something that is not false. People will have a problem with sound doctrine. That's what he's saying there. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. What are they looking for? They want to hear something else. They get tired of... This is sad, but people get tired of the truth. Truth never changes. Better be careful not to be, be careful to get about getting tired of the truth. Truth never changes. And he said, they, they, they have itching ears, verse 4, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto what? Fables. Well, you know, this is the way I think. Don't matter what you think. Don't matter what, what, what's, what someone else thinks. It matters what God's word says. You say, well, you know, I know so-and-so, they said this. Don't matter what so-and-so said. What does the word of God say? You know, I'm glad tonight that I can have some sound doctrine knowing that the truth here uh, will, will set us free. But we know that doctrine will divide. Many today, I think, are looking for, for a social club instead of a church. They want to go to a place where they'll feel good, where someone will not talk on Bible doctrine because that will divide. I can imagine, you know, people say, well, you know, I really don't want to upset those people that believe in work salvation, so I'm just going to preach, you know, you know that, that, that everybody's saved. Well, that wouldn't divide anybody, would it? Well, they, they got, there's people who believe in salvation by faith. These people believe in work salvation, and we could just say, hey, it, all of it works. That causes no division, you think. But the fact of the matter is, the truth will divide because there's folks who will not listen to the truth. They'll listen to, to, to church tradition rather than what the Word of God says. Well, I just believe, you know, as, uh, uh, that you just get sprinkled as a baby and you go to heaven. No, you just get a wet baby is all you get from that. Baptism comes after salvation. Baptism is a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection. And the fact of the matter is, sprinkling, there's not a one of us that go and bury somebody by sprinkling a little bit of dirt on their face. We put them in the ground, burial, that's scripture. That's Bible doctrine, really. And, and so we, 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 we know that today many are looking for the social club rather than a church where the Bible is taught and preached. And, uh, 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 you know, and, and, and they have this idea today, some preachers are talking about heaven as, an, and, and they like to say this, this is the word that you hear today, that heaven is an inclusive community. You know what inclusive means? Everybody can come. You say, well, I thought everybody can. Oh, but wait a minute. There's a requirement. In fact, the matter is, heaven is an exclusive community. You say, well, you think you're a big shot? No, I'm saying this. The only way to go to heaven is be born again. Well, that ain't fair. You talk to God about it then. You talk to God about it. 
I believe everyone's welcome, but they have to be born again. He said, well, God, I thought, I thought everybody's welcome to heaven. God said, it is. That's why I sent my son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you, and I died for your sins. Now, why don't you call upon me? Well, you know, I'm just going to do the best I can. It's almost like to thumb your nose at the Lord Jesus Christ and say, hey, thanks for what you did, but you're going to stay in heaven because I can do it myself. That is not true Bible doctrine. People have an idea today that if someone dies, they automatically go to heaven because they died. That's not Bible doctrine. A person is saved. When they die, they go to heaven. Amen. I believe with all my heart that if someone's saved, we can go to that funeral and say, praise the Lord. I'm glad they're not here, but I'm glad I, excuse me, I know where they're at. We can know that for sure. I know they're in heaven. Why they're saved? But here's the same thing. I know this is very difficult. But we could go to the funeral of a lost person. And we can just as much know they're in hell. Just because a person dies, they don't go to heaven. Only saved people go to heaven. Well, I just don't think of it that way. I just don't believe that. Well, then you don't believe the Bible. The Bible tells us the only way we can go to heaven is to be born again. That's why Jesus, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. We were lost on our way to hell. And Jesus Christ came to die for us so we can go to heaven. Yes, he wants everybody, whosoever will may come. But you've got to come to him. You've got to trust him as your personal savior. Trust what he did on the cross of Calvary for your salvation, not of your good works. Oftentimes, you dare not question many preachers today, what they preach for fear of being ridiculed and thrown out. I really, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't want you to question everything I say, but I want you to do this. I want you to, if there's a question in your heart about what I say, look to your Bible. And if you find in your Bible that what I've said is not right, let me know. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be wrong, but you go ahead and try. But uh, what happens, you let me know. Because I am human. And if I am wrong, the word of God is right. And I will say, I am sorry I was wrong. That's hard to say, isn't it? Wrong. Don't look at me. You do the same thing, don't you? But you know, that's why I want you to bring your Bibles to church. That's why I just don't understand why people wouldn't bring a Bible to church. I understand sometimes you may walk off and forget it. And, uh, 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 but, but the thing is, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just like, you know, when you, when you go to go for a ride in a car, you don't forget the keys. Fellas, when you go hunting, you don't forget your gun. If you do, you're really dumb. You know, what happens? We, we, we need the word of God. You say, preacher, why do we have to have our Bibles? Why do we need to look in our Bibles? Because we need to know what is being said is true. You see, when people do, and this, this is a lot of denominations do this today, say, listen, you don't need your Bible, just listen to what I have to say. And folks will be led down the path, the wrong path, because they're not looking to see what the truth is. Thy word is truth. We look in it. The church uh, uh, of Berea, what did they do? Those people, they looked in the scriptures to see if what, what the preacher was saying was right. They looked in the Bible, the Bible that they had there, and they, they looked to see if those things were exactly right. They wanted to make sure they had sound doctrine. You say, well, preacher, Dr. So-and-so said, I don't care. I care what God says. You say, well, you know, there's some famous preacher. I don't care how famous he is. There's a lot of people that are famous. Hugh Hefner was famous. Not listening to him. I mean, Hitler was famous, wasn't he? 
Yo, man, I'm telling you. I don't listen to him. I'm going to listen to what God says. I'm glad tonight that I have the word of God. And I can know Bible doctrine that is sound. That is sound. You know, some people put, this, even some preachers put their word, and some people allow their preachers to put his word above the word of God. That's blasphemous. I told you about a preacher one time said, can you imagine how terrible, how hard it must have been for, uh, 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 for uh, um, uh, Joseph to have to spank Jesus when he was a baby? Or a little boy. Wait a minute. I, I, my Bible says that Jesus was sinless. That's Bible doctrine. No, daddy spanks his kids over nothing. Jesus never sinned. Therefore, I can say this. I believe with all authority that he never spanked Jesus. Why? He never sinned. I know it's hard for us to wrap our mind around it. Who ever had a kid that never sinned? But you know what? It wasn't just a child. He was the God-man. And he never sinned. And sometimes preachers, they get up, and they, you know, like that preacher said, well, you know, can you imagine how that being? You know, you know what? The sad thing is, there was a lot of people going, well, amen. I'm like, you bunch of dumb bunnies. Jesus didn't sin. They just can't think whether they do, they just take it. Preacher said, just close your Bible, this is what I have to say. Hey, you keep your Bibles open and look and see what the Word of God has to say. They put their Word above or at the same level of God's Word. Jesus said in John 5, 39, Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. He said, Search the Scriptures. Know what the Bible said. You know, it's a sad thing. We know all magazines. We know other books. We know what they have to say and don't even know what the Word of God says. The book that is true, we don't know it. Sad. But sound doctrine is important, but so is this, sound faith is important. Back to Titus chapter number 1 verse number 13. This witness is true, wherefore rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. Sound in the faith. Now, I begin to think, you know for me to be sound in faith, I've got to be dependent upon sound doctrine. Be sound in my faith, I've got to have sound doctrine. Uh, you know, faith is an expression of what you believe. Now, listen to this one. What you believe is determined by what you are, here it is, taught. What you believe is determined by what you have been taught. I've heard people say this, and this is the stupidest thing in the world. I hear people say, I just want my children to decide what they want to believe. Now, you know what? That makes all the shrinks in the world happy. It makes these psychologists and psychiatrists, makes them so happy. Well, you just let your child, don't, don't, don't mold them. Don't try to, to teach them something else. I just want my children to decide what they believe. No, they need to be taught. What to believe. They need to be taught what they believe. Hey, 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 let me ask you something. The philosophy of letting my child decide what they want to believe, where's that gotten us? It's got a mess, isn't it? It's got us in a mess. And, and I think, you know, really, you think about this. Uh, they need, the children need to be taught what to believe. You know, you think about this. 
Why do so many kids today believe in evolution? Oh, no. They sat on the edge of their bed one day and said, you know, I think I was a monkey one day. Well, at least I know that my uncle, he was. Everybody's got one of them squirrely uncles, amen? But no, they, they, you think they just sat there and said, no, I think I came from a monkey one day. I just believe that there was a big explosion up there, and all of a sudden, there we are. No. Those precious little children were put under somebody that gave them something that was not sound doctrine. That taught them that there was this great explosion and evolution happened and they evolved from a little amoeba and then a monkey, you know, an ape and the tail fell off. And now here we are walking on our two feet and we have evolved. Why would a child believe something like that? And here it is. I think there's proof in the pudding here, if you like to say, that that proves there that we believe what we've been taught. Where in the world is kids all of a sudden saying, I'm a different gender? Oh, it's because they sat in their room one day and said, you know what? Little girl's just saying, you know, I just think maybe I'm a boy. Or little boy says, you know, I just think I'm a little girl. I don't think so. Why is all this gender stuff going on? Here it is. You ready? They've been taught that. One good thing that came out of COVID was that parents got to see what their kids were being taught. Now, the thing is, if they'd been listening to Baptist preachers for a long time, they would have known. They would have said, oh, no, it's not like that. Now people know that. In fact, in fact, because of that, that what the governor of Virginia became the governor because he stood up for that and said, hey, this is crazy. Folks are finally realizing kids are being taught those things. Where kids now say, man, I am not. What, what are they doing now? There's a school. I can't remember where it's at now. I just read the story. The teachers now have these uh, 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 things that were around their neck, and they got information on it. And there's one of those little uh, what the Q, Q things. You, you take your camera on your phone and you click it, huh? You pull your whirly, aren't you? All right, QR code. That's right. We did that down there on that on that uh, camera thing down there. That's right. Yeah, we were in this together, weren't we? <laughs> But you, you, you just click that, and you know what it does? It, they can download all kinds of garbage. In fact, I heard someone say pornographic stuff from teachers. Teachers now are telling children, don't tell your mom and daddy what we're talking about. I'm telling you what, that makes me mad as all get out. I'm telling you what I think. If I had kids in public school and I found out that the teacher said, don't tell your mom and dad, I'd end up in jail. You say, you shouldn't kill anybody. I don't want to kill them. I want them to suffer. Amen. Oh, y'all look at me like I'm really terrible. You know what's terrible is messing with our kids. It's about time we get some dads and moms that will stand up for our children, some preachers will stand up for our children, and, and do what's right. And our kids today, they're believing that they, they, they don't know what to believe about themselves, what gender they are. They don't know what to believe about, about, about how, how things came into existence. But the reason they believe what they do is because they were taught that. That ought to tell us something. We better teach them the right things. I'm glad our kids in church here in our school there, they know where they came from. They know what gender they are. Even, what is it, the Navy, isn't it now? The Navy or the Marines, what happened? They're saying, you know, don't, don't, call, don't call your parents mom and dad. 
they, 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 they don't want it to sound like that. I forget what they said they wanted to call them. You remember what they said? Don't call them mom and dad. Call them uh, your parents. You know, call them your guardian. Call them your parents. Let me tell you something. My mom's my mom. You say, well, that makes it sound like she's female. Well, hello. I'm telling you what, it is crazy. You say, why would people believe that? Because that's what they're taught. These kids coming out of our universities today are being taught things that are not right. We need some kids to grow up today to be taught the right things. We need sound doctrine so that we can have sound faith. Go with me, Deuteronomy chapter number 6. You think I'm all, all full of baloney. Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, chapter number 6. Go to verse number 6, and we'll read verses 6 and 7. And you know, I, I remember this. When I was in college, I remember, I remember in college they used to say this, and, and make sure you underline these words, and uh, this, would be a, this would be a good. In fact, I preached a sermon one time back in 09 from here. I called it Homeland Security. Are you ready? Look what it says, verse 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. These words, what is it? The word of God. And thou shalt, oh my, look at here. Evidently, I must have been telling you the right thing, wasn't I? And thou shalt teach them how diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, it sounds to me you teach the children those things, the words that I've commanded you, you teach them all the time. This verse here tells me you don't send them to a public school. Because they'll be taught evolution, they'll be taught gender, they'll be taught uh, racism things, and, and I mean, just crazy, crazy stuff. You say, preacher, but, but you know, no, no, you just need to understand God's word is right. I know, I know the world says, but that's not the way we look at it. It don't matter. You look cross-eyed at it. You need to look and see clearly what God said. We're to teach our children these things. If, doctrine, if our doctrine is wrong, then our faith will be wrong. Ask the child that has wrong doctrine. Well, I believe in evolution. I believe I could be, I am, I am a bi-gender or something like this, you know. And I'm just, I'm just, you know, one day I'm a girl, one day I'm a boy. And, and, and you think about this here. Uh, they, 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 they're, they're, their faith is not going to be right. Because their doctrine is not right. Does this make sense? I really, if it doesn't, then there's something wrong. It makes sense to me. One of the examples of this is doctrine of work salvation. A person has faith that his works will save him. Well, let me ask you this. He has faith, my works will save me. And then we'll even say this, and I am sincere about it. Sincerely wrong. But I'm sincere. Sincerely wrong. So if your Bible doctrine is wrong on work salvation, then your faith is wrong. Well, I'm, you know, I still, I just, I just believe I've got to do the best I can. Well, you can believe that and you'll die and go to hell. So well, you can't say that. Well, I can because the Bible says that. Check it out. Wrong doctrine, wrong faith. You see, what you've got to do is be more than sincere. You've got to believe the right thing. And the right thing is what we find in the Word of God. Bible doctrines. Bible doctrines. 
You say, well, preacher, you know, why do you bring up other denominations and other religions? Why, you shouldn't do that. Well, help me now then with, with, with what the Word of God says. Look at verse number 13. This witness is true, wherefore rebuke them kindly that they may be sound in the faith. Sharply. He says, let them know. You say, you know, preacher, the kids in here are going to think you're really upset about some things. I hope they know that. They need to know that the preacher's upset when their kids, when the children are being lied to. His parents, our kids will say, that makes mom and dad mad. And those things that aren't true, well, sure, it should. God said, rebuke them sharply. You say, well, preacher, you ought not say anything. Well, I find my, my Bible tells me I've got to rebuke those things. You say, well, you know, if you, if you say those things, that what you're doing, you're judging. That's what they love to do, don't they? They say, well, you're judging. Here's something think that Bible tells us to judge things. I've got to be careful when it comes to judging that I don't judge according to the way I feel. But, you know, I, I, I see a little furry thing walking outside the parking lot, and it goes, meow, I judge it. I judge what it is. I go, that's a cat. There's something else furry thing walking out there, and it barks. It's a dog. You know, you, you're not going to go around, because you're judging. You're judging. You go, Yeah. I have the word of God that I can judge by. I can look at the word of God and look at this and say, yeah, I see. There's a difference there. And so I, I need to make sure that I have sound doctrine that will give me sound faith, and then I need this. Sound speech is important. Look at 2 Timothy chapter number 1. 2 Timothy chapter number 1, and let's go to verse number 13. Look what it says here. It says, Hold fast the form of sound words, which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Sound speech. This has to do with our behavior. With our behavior. So here we have about something being sound. We need sound doctrine. We need sound faith. And then we need sound, uh, sound speech. And all three of these are all tied together. If you want to know a person, here's, here's the way to do it. You ready? If you want to know a person, just watch how he acts. Listen to what he says. And you'll get to know a person. Amen. You know, you say, well, that, that sounds like a good thing you just made up. Okay. Jesus said this, and if Jesus said it, you better believe it. Matthew 12, 34, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You listen to someone, you'll get what they're about. That's why it's good to pay attention in church. You know what's being said. A lot of people today, they come for the excitement and the, and the 45 minutes of rock and roll music to only get, you know, to get a little hors d'oeuvre of a message there, and they walk out of there. They, they didn't get what they're supposed to get. And uh, uh, what happens, they, you, you just listen to them, and they, you listen to how they talk, and they go, man, I've been in church. Man, we were there for an hour and a half. Listen to what they talk about. 
Listen to their speech. Back years ago, remember Jimmy Baker? His dear wife that didn't have enough money to buy eyeshadow. Some of you younger ones, you don't know who I'm talking about. Remember, what was her name? Huh? Oh, Tammy Faye. And she cried, muddy rivers, just dripping down there. Man, he was going, I just believe right now, man, you need to send in money to us. They were filthy rich. Remember, they got found out, didn't they? And I, and I, and I thought, you know, the old Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Swagger, man, that guy could play a piano. But it doesn't make his doctrine right because he could play a piano. Man, he could sing really good. He'd play that piano. And they go, man, that Jimmy Swagger. But the thing was, his doctrine was wrong. And if you listen to it, you say, but I listen to the songs. But you listen to his Bible doctrine, you find out he's off. Oh, wait a minute. What happened to their behavior? They all got in trouble, didn't they? Those boys got messed up with other women. Now, you say, that has nothing to do with it. I really believe it does. You don't have right doctrine. You're going to start talking wrong, and by listening to what you talk, I'm going to find out, you know what? You're just not behaving right either. It led to their immorality. You've heard me say, and I'll say it again, went to pastor school. My pastor passed away. Got the, the son-in-law became the pastor. And you know what? I went to pastor school one year, and I sat there, and I listened. They had a man come in there, and, and there's a lot of men who like this guy. I'd have no taste for this man whatsoever. And he got up, and he said this. He said uh, he began talking to the men and teenage boys, teenage boys in that room. He began to talk about things that only a man and a wife should ever talk about. Nobody else. I know we live in a world today where everybody's blunt, but there's things you don't talk about with other people. And he went on about stuff. It was embarrassing. I remember young people up there laughing, think it was really funny how dirty he was. And that's the way I looked at it. I thought he was dirty. He said those things, and I was so mad. I mean, I could, I don't know, I'm sitting in the balcony looking right at him. All of a sudden, that guy was done, and I was so glad he was done. And the preacher stood up, and he says, you know what? I could tell some of you didn't like it. I'm going to go, hello. He goes, what? you know what he did? He began to blame everybody that didn't like it as being perverts. The pervert was talking about those things. He went on and on, and I, I told my brother, I said, I am not coming back to pastor school. And there was people, I mean, people kept, even there were some men in there going, hey, man, brother, you know, it's not wrong. This is something that's natural. We need to talk about this. And the preacher got up and said, you know what? You guys don't understand this, but we sometimes on Saturday nights, we have special meetings for couples just together and talk about these things. That is asking for problems. And I heard what he said. I said, I won't go back. I remember Brother Taylor was there, too, that year. He said the same thing. I didn't know it until afterwards. Brother Taylor said, I will not go back either. I think Brother Coral, same thing. We did not get together and decide not to go back. We just heard something that was not right. And so one day I get a, I get a message and I, someone sends me, they, they send me a CDs of what is, they were having a Bible summit. That same preacher 
They had the Bible Summit, and I was curious, and I turned it on to listen to what they had to say. And what this preacher said, he said, really, folks, there are some problems with the King James Bible. And he says, we need to correct it. And many different men from the church came on and from the college came on this CD, and they all said, man, our preacher's right. I'm thinking, I'm listening to something that is not right. I'm saying something is wrong with this man's doctrine. This man is wrong on his faith here. And I was listening to his speech. They decided what they were going to do. They were in the process of writing their own Bible with all the corrections, they say, for the King James. A few years later, that preacher was arrested because of his relationship with a 17-year-old bus kid in their church. He took her to three different states. I mean, when you go out of state and you're committing sin and you're committing a crime with an underage child, took, him three different, took her to three different states. He brought him before the court and he pled guilty to it because he said, I don't want to put my family through it. But the letters that he wrote to that girl, my uncle was the one who found the phone with the text messages from this girl and him to that girl. And I'm like, I heard people saying, I just can't believe this. And I said this. Did you listen to his doctrine? He said, it's terrible what happened to this girl. And it was. But I'm thinking how terrible it was abusing the word of God. He said, it's terrible what happened. I said, did you listen to his doctrine? Did you hear what he was saying, what he was talking about? Did you listen? And the people were like blown away. Like, I don't understand why this happened. I'll tell you why it happened. His doctrine was wrong. His faith was wrong. He wrote to the girl and said that God had you for me. Who's the pervert? But the thing was, you knew something wasn't right. Because the doctrine was wrong. The faith was wrong. The speech was wrong. You see, folks, that's a sad story. The man sat in jail for 10 years. He just got out, divorced his wife, remarried another woman. I'm thinking, you know, after, after all that happened there, I think, you know, that was something they should have seen coming, and I think a lot of us saw it happening. I guess maybe when you're outside of it, you go and you see it, it's like, whoa, what's happening? Those people were... Kind of suckered into it, if you will. But that's why it's important for us to have our Bibles and know sound doctrine. And know what sound faith is. Your doctrine's right, your faith will be right. And then your speech will be right. Amen. Sound doctrine is teaching the book. Sound faith is believing the message Sound speech is living the principle of the Word of God. You know, if you follow this Bible, you'll stay out of problems. You follow this Bible, your marriage will stay sound. Your family will stay sound when you follow the Bible. You know, a lot of people back years ago got Dr. Spock's baby book. 
My mom had that too. You know, she's going to learn from Dr. Spock how to raise us boys. I'm glad she threw it out and got the Bible instead. But a lot of people didn't. They wanted to listen to Dr. Spock and they listened to all the other spooks out there too. They listened to what they say instead of listening to what the Word of God says. It's still the best book on raising our children, any book in all the world. So let me ask you tonight, what's your doctrine? You need sound doctrine. Not caring what your tradition is. Sound doctrine. Sound faith. That's having the right faith in the right doctrine. And then it will influence your behavior, your speech. Thank the Lord tonight we have a Bible. And thank the Lord I believe we've got a bunch of folks who just believe it too. And let's keep believing it. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time again tonight. Lord, some sad story at the end, but Lord, I'm glad that it's a story that helps us understand. It's quite an illustration of what we've been talking about. I hate to even mention it again, but Father, I I believe that we're seeing many ministries today being torn apart because people are trying their own tradition, they're trying their own ideas rather than following sound Bible doctrine. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed here tonight. Well, I'll tell you what, folks, it's important for us. We read there about, in, in Deuteronomy, there about our children and teaching the right things. Kids, people, people believe what they've been taught. That's why it's important for us to teach them the right things. Tonight, we ought, every parent in this room ought to say, God, help me. Help me to teach my children the right things all the time. Say, so, well, how am I going to know what's right? You have a Bible, and it's right. This King James Bible is right. There are, I don't care what that preacher said, there are no mistakes in it. Just believe what it says, have faith in it, and then live it. God spoke to your heart tonight, all to be open. Maybe you're here this evening, you're not sure you're saved. You need to trust Christ as your Savior. You come and get my attention, we'll show you in the Bible how you can know 100% sure you're going to heaven. Now, Father, we thank you again for this time, and I pray you'll speak to us in this invitation time. I pray many decisions be made. We as parents and just as Christians, we might say, uh, sound doctrine is important to me. Sound faith is important to me and sound speech. So, Father, bless now the invitation time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Should we stand as the song is played? You need to come. The